feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we are not dressed to impress, but we are going to be talking about the outfit. (laughs) How dare you? I have my best handmade Cineplex Cineclub hoodie on. (laughs) Do you think Um, Mark Rylance uh, cut that? I think personally, I could see him meticulously putting this together on a nice table with some nice measurements and chalk. And like, I mean, my wedding's coming up. Everyone, I don't know if everyone knows this. What I mean, hopefully, knock on wood, third time's a charm, gonna happen. I gotta get a suit made. And this movie both gave me anxiety about that and made it look like the coolest thing ever. So I'm like, put someone putting together like a handmade suit. I'm like, man, there's nothing like, I mean, there's many things cooler, but like, just seeing the the process that goes into that um, seemed like I'm like I could I don't know how anyone would have the patience for this or would enjoy doing this, but some people are very good at that, and I want to get a custom suit made, and you need to get one too, and we'll go do that soon. So maybe Mark Rylance will do that. Uh, yeah, today we are reviewing Graham Moore's The Outfit, starring Mark Rylance, Zoe Dutch, Deutsch, uh, Johnny Flynn, Dylan O'Brien, Nikki Amuka Bird, Simon Russell Beale, and more. Eric, how are you? You want to go get a custom suit made or what? Sure. I mean, again, if it's Mark Rylance doing it, uh, why not? And I think the strongest parts of this movie, you know, I think it's what I love about documentaries as well, is when you see somebody who's good at what they do working in their field and not having a scene interrupted by plot or moving the story forward. We're just kind of in the character's world and we're seeing them do what they do so well. And watching the meticulous nature of Mark Rylance is, and this is a pun, I guess, is a sheer delight in in so many ways. Um, It it really is like the, the methodical nature of him creating this suit with a voiceover that kind of talks about, you know, what defines a suit and how you can kind of, you know, gauge based on the person who's wearing it and how to sort of, you know, tailor it to their specificity. Their personality, yeah. Yeah, and 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 also that, you know, the distinction that he's not a tailor, but he is a cutter and he still owns his own uh, tailoring shop. And this takes place uh, in Chicago in 1956 in mid-December. And instead of being... Um, a single take movie like Alfred Hitchcock's Rope, which is very much a, an influence on this film. It's a single location movie that kind of feels like it could be adapted into um, a play. Theater. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it does have a theater kind of quality to it, to the point where like one of the mobsters is played by uh, Simon Russell Beale, who is known as a great uh, English uh, stage actor so it kind of makes sense that again also during oh the know, whole movie feels like a play for sure yeah and even during the pandemic it's like okay why not sequester a cast and crew and do this, this little spot. kind of intimate movie um where the film fails i think a little bit or what i was least interested in is the twists and turns of this one night story where this tailor or this cutter specifically is affiliated with a local Chicago mob and them kind of getting entangled with another uh, up and coming mob as well. And sort of them fighting for dominancy and then also wanting to become a part of this uh, bigger group that's been 
that was once ran by Al Capone called the outfit and them getting messages and also the early um, adoption of technology with uh, a recording device specifically in a tape that actually yeah. gives uh, clues to who the rat is that the FBI has been sort of um, basically uh, documenting for the last little while. So there's a lot of balls to juggle here and the twists and turns try to kind of pull the wool over your eyes, but I don't think it works all the time. And some of the performances compared to Mark Rylance um, are a little bit uh, caricature based. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of hurts the movie uh, as well, but just based on the central lead and some of the production mm. design and the influences it's taking from, I would say that it is at least a VOD or streaming worthy film when it comes out, even though it is a theatrical release only uh, right now. Um, Mark Rylance is the reason to see this film. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. And it, it's one of those movies that I don't have a lot to say about because I thought it was perfectly fine all the way through other than Rylance being the one that kind of stood out of being like, Oh, he's genuinely like really, really good in this movie. And he kind of carries the entire thing. Um, I even like Zoe Deutsch and, and Dylan O'Brien. Like I, I like both of them. Um, uh, Dylan O'Brien, one of those guys that I like more and more, the more I see him. And and I do agree with you that everyone else is doing that kind of, yeah, the mob, like kind of mob caricature kind of thing throughout the whole thing where Rylance is giving like a real performance, but well, Beale, I think um, as well, it, it has this really yeah, wonderful sure. moment yeah. where they talk about their tools of the trade. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just kind of, I don't know. It's one of those movies. And I, this will be a compliment to the movie, but uh, another movie that I kind of just, I end up zoning out almost halfway through is Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, I, I, it's that genre where I'm just like, I don't know. It just doesn't vibe with me completely. And I know it's good. It's just, it never, I just kind of like shut off halfway through and just kind of let it happen. And I don't really have a strong opinion and that's not, great criticism but it's just sort of personal taste in the sense that i can acknowledge that what's happening is is well made and and it is very theatrical in this in this case tinker taylor is very different um but i just kind of end up going all right i kind of understand what this is and i'm not super interested in it anymore and um which i think isn't necessarily you know the movie's fault maybe it's partly my fault but um, I think there's a moment halfway through that I'm like, okay. And then it kind of changes gears and I just kind of, I don't know. I think it's totally fine. And I think Rylance is really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know if I agree with the Tinker Taylor soldier spy thing, just in the sense of like, I think that that's actually a really well, totally. I just mean film John. I mean, I, it, Thomas Alfredson, there's, there's more going on there. Absolutely. Where I think with Graham Moore, who, um, you know, is mostly known as a screenwriter, won the Oscar for the imitation game, um, is making his directorial debut. And I think this is actually a really solid debut just in terms of, sure. you know, if you're going to if you're going to make your first movie, like a lot of people always kind of throw everything at the screen, including the kitchen sink. It's like, well, I might not get a chance to do this again, but. I think this like feels the, restrained a little bit like yeah. the lead. It's very refined and yeah, it does kind of fall into some tropes and conventions of the period and the mobster gangster genre. And, and, and 
it's weird when you have, you know, a, a, a British uh, filmmaker writing American lines because usually, again, there's there's something more of a, a finesse where this does feel very, again, um, a little bit rough around the edges and, and very stereotypical of what you would see in like even like a James Cagney gangster movie, right? Um, but again, like I really do like that you know, there are references to Alfred Hitchcock's rope, one being very obvious, but there's one that isn't, which is in the sense, like, if you are a film fan, you'll know it right away. But, like, there's this shot of um, these these windows, these higher windows, where you see, like, sometimes, like, a, you know, a car pulling in, like, the headlights of a car reflection. Um, and it reminded me of, like, the scenes where, like, Jimmy Stewart is kind of looking um, up at this kind of, like, um, high line with windows as well and the neon lights of this sign that's nearby this apartment reflecting on on the the windows and then the other movie it kind of weirdly reminded me of especially in the third act because it does get a little bit more nihilistic is like michael mann's thief where the idea of you know you 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 put everything on the line and this movie, I don't think necessarily pulls it off, but at least there's enough goodwill because of Ryan Lance's performance and even his voiceover and, and the way that he, you know, handles certain characters and scenes and what he is willing to do. You're always just fascinated by that performance. And mm -hmm. I, I actually do think Zoe Deutsch out of, out of the, uh, the American uh, cast is, is the best in terms of, her interactions with uh mm -hmm. ryan lance even though again it is kind of contrived their relationship and the, the sure. kind of the father-daughter thing but like yeah, yeah. and they never they never say it like, specifically yeah. like it's like oh like if i were your you know and that's a little too kind of I think that was the exact scene i was gonna bring up there is one very but like, she's very good and like she's another she's someone who's always i think good in stuff like before i fall everybody wants some um so yeah and, and i like their interactions together and kind of her having her own agenda and her own world and wanting to explore the world and love him kind snow of, globes. Yeah. And, and him kind of being the opposite of have, you know, already of having his time and kind of being content Just wanted where to settle he is. in one location. Yeah. yeah. So there, that works. Like I'm not the biggest fan of Johnny Flynn. I like every time he's in a movie, I always feel like he is the weakest that, link. I dude, It's exactly what I thought. And well, he's that kind of caricature thing we're talking about that. I was just like, you're, yeah, you're, you're, I'm gonna get yeah. you. I'm gonna get you by the end of the night. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna pull a fast that, one on me. Yeah, and it's just like it, it's a little much when you're just like, ooh, man, you gotta tone it down a little bit to be on the same level. As but he's people. always like and, that. Like, like even when like he's in other movies even, that I've liked, like Beast with Jesse Buckley, or yeah. in um, Emma with uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Like, I, he has an interesting look to him. Yes, yeah, but his performances are always so mannered and you'd think that like the manners in or the, 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 the stereotypes would work in his favor in this case, but they don't. Yeah. And even Dylan O'Brien has a lot of that too, though. You know, you see, and he's wearing a big suit and he's just like, but that I don't works know if I can, because he's yeah. the son of a mobster. So there's this yes. weird nepotism, nepotism like, thing, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, son yeah. wearing his, his, his father's clothes and trying to That's be a poser. That's exactly what I thought of. Yeah. It reminded me of when I made fun of John Cena. Cause he's such a big dude that he uh, looks like he's wearing his dad's suit just cause it awkwardly fits him. And it's like, which is yeah, kind of like even peacemaker in a weird yeah, way. Yes. And it, it exactly reminded me of that, that, 
that thing of like, you know, you had to borrow a suit from your dad to try to look professional or whatever, but it didn't quite fit you. And I thought like, yeah, I, that's why, again, I like Dylan O'Brien. He popped up recently on Curb Your Enthusiasm and I thought he was great. Um, and I just love in monsters, which is, uh, I think such a pleasant surprise. He's and, great in uh, deep water horizon. Yeah. And even um, the maze runner trilogy, not a great trilogy, but I'm like, I think he's actually pretty decent as the lead in those. And, and they're, I think totally serviceable movies that I kind of, I think it maybe worse as they go along. I forget, but, um, still enjoyed them. Yo, he's, he's really good in like, just in terms of like, uh, he's always seems to be like a welcome presence and, and on um, Twitter, he's great too. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked his line about like having to put in a catheter while watching the Batman. Uh, (laughs) So like, I, I I really do like him quite a bit and, and, and yeah, he's always a welcomed presence. And I think he actually has another movie with Zoe Deutsch coming out later this summer so um yeah he's always kind of fun to see and and i think he does like even though his performance is also very stilted i think he is a lot of fun and and i also did like his interactions with mark rylance in the way that like mark rylance is very polite and cordial and always you know refers to him as you know uh uh someone above him and and i really like the way that again, Rylance kind of navigates this kind of tricky terrain of, of surviving this one kind of crazy night. And I just like that genre in general, where it's like all these like horrifying events kind of happen in one night, whether they're off be screen like, and they have to come there and deal. Yeah. With and that also works like that as a too, play yeah. as well. Right. Like certain events do happen off screen and it kind of embraces that. Like it doesn't need to cut away from this one location. The only cutaways are just exterior shots of the outside. And even the outside, like the snow on the ground has this kind of fake quality, this facade to it, but it works because of the way that this movie is presented like a stage play, even though it is still somewhat more cinematic it might not be as cinematic as something more recently like the father which truly did something different and unique this kind of embraces its tropes but does it's it the really opposite well. it's a movie that's imitating a stage play instead of stage yeah. play being transition and i think that definitely works like i agree with everything that you're saying like i loved even in the opening bits of the movie of just establishing his relationship with this mob and like them coming in and depositing the money in the back room like and it's all just so casual and they ha- he has these you know he just continues his work and and just kind of acknowledges them as they come in or they have these kind of, you know, conversations about nothing or even something like that, where it's just like, yeah, he knows these people and, you know, he has to deal with this thing and he kind of just lets it happen because he just wants to mind his own business kind of thing. And then as the plot develops and you get more of that, I think it is kind of interesting. So I have, I have nothing wrong with the movie, but it's, it's a weird thing where like, um, you know, we just reviewed the Adam project, which I gave a soft pass to, and I'll probably end up giving this kind of a, the same, almost rating even though this is clearly a better movie it just didn't completely land with me where it's just they landed with me for different reasons but i'm like a little bit not even negative on this movie i'm just apathetic maybe towards it uh which i also am towards adam project but in in a very very different way um so yeah i think there's i think this movie for if you're interested in it i think you'll pretty much like you said enjoyed it on like a streaming watch or something like that i don't think it necessarily has any huge highs or like uh other than maybe rylance's very very solid performance and especially after seeing him something like don't look up or um where he's just 
ridiculous like it's nice to kind of see him give like a really really great performance again so yeah i i enjoyed the movie i just kind of am like eh, i don't know if i'll ever think about it again or if i'll uh it's gonna be one of those movies i forgot that i watched um or forget kind of what it exactly is so i'm gonna give it three i could go a three five but i'm gonna give it a three just because like i thought it was perfectly decent yeah i'm also gonna give it a three and i think it's one of those films that like it does bring up some interesting stuff throughout the movie um specifically again like how technology is on the cusp of changing and how that affects these characters and the way that they talk about this tape and like finding a player to listen to it and how, you know, back then, like it's, it's almost impossible to find something, but even like the way, you know, Mark Rylance kind of jokes about his kind of um, backstory being that, you know, he came from the UK and worked in the, uh, the Seville and, and then kind of, you know, the, the reason why he moved over is because jeans, blue jeans became kind of this oh, yeah, thing. And, th- and again, like that's looking at, not only fashion being cyclical because blue jeans at that time are considered like this new trendy thing that maybe won't last, but obviously they do. Um, But like you look at sort of, you know, uh, technology and fashion kind of being this bridge that this gap that is kind of being bridged by the two. And like the idea that when something new is introduced, you know, at, at the beginning of it, it's looked at like a novelty and, and there are people that are going to be interested in it, but, will it stand the test of time? And in both cases they do. I mean, obviously tape decks and recordings kind of advanced even further as, as they went on. And now we just have, you know, everything's all digital and it's not tangible like it was, but there is something interesting there with like, you know, a classically made cut suit versus, you know, like an industrial made assembly line pair of jeans and not Mm -hmm. having really any, um, soul to it and i think that that could have been explored even more than than it is in the film so yeah cool um thank you all for listening or watching we really do appreciate it we have other reviews that we would love for you guys to check out right now we have reviews for the a lot of aforementioned movies like the adam project um we also have a review for domi she's turning red which is now streaming on disney plus mimi caves fresh which is now streaming on disney plus in canada and hulu in the u.s our friend joey noel joined us for that or joined me for that eric was off that day um we also have a spoiler cast for the Batman, which you can check out on the Untitled Movie Podcast channel or on YouTube if you're there, um, and a lot more, both on YouTube and podcast services. So if you want a one-stop shop for everything, just head over to Letterboxd, uh, Untitled underscore Movies. You can find our HQ where we post uh, all of our video reviews, all of our podcasts, our, our official ratings, which is an average between Eric and mine, or if they're the same like this, uh, it's easier. Um and the critics choice awards are this weekend uh so or sorry no they would have already passed as you're listening to this sorry i'm getting already (laughs) i'm getting uh, we record a lot at different times everyone so uh ignore that but you can probably check out our analysis of the awards Uh, what one i have no idea at this point but uh go check out our newest uh podcast on the untitled movie podcast page where eric and i go over all of the award winners from the critics choice awards and more um as always my name is matt rarbeck you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitled podcast moviepodcast.com <laughs> and on all of those social medias at matt rarbeck i'm gonna go back to sleep
Yeah, uh, I don't blame you. Uh, I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene, and on the social media is at EM6211. Until next time. You'll never take me alive, coppers. <laughs> See? See? Here he is.